Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You're listening to the first and only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at PharmacyPodcast.com. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your co-host in 2017, focused on your career development, Aaron Albert. More on me over at my website, AaronAlbert.com. But friends, I am giving you all a huge virtual hug. I have been on a bit of a sabbatical from the Pharmacy Podcast. I took a little time in September, went on one of those crazy things called a vacation outside the country, went to Scotland. It was amazing. But I am back and ready now more than ever to help you take your careers to the next level. And today starts a brand new mini series that over 36,000 pharmacists and healthcare professionals commented and viewed over at LinkedIn. And that topic is going back to school. Now, I know what some of you are thinking out there. This is crazy. Why would we consider going back to school after six, maybe seven years of education, and even some cases, eight years to become pharmacists? But I argue that most of us, if not all of us, have signed up to be professionals and therefore lifelong learners. So one way that we can do that is by furthering our education. So anytime we're talking about furthering or advancing your education, there's usually money involved. And so I had to first and foremost bring back our money expert, my dear friend, Peter Dunn, a.k.a. Pete the Planner. Now, if you'll recall, if you've been listening to the podcast, Peter's been on the show before. We had him to kick off the series, one of the most popular, by the way, ever on the pharmacy podcast, The Five Roads Out of Retail Pharmacy. So, Pete is an award-winning comedian and an award-winning financial mind. He's a USA Today columnist and the author of 10 books, six of which were featured in a nationwide launch at Barnes & Noble's in January of 2015. He's the host of the popular radio show here in Indianapolis, The Pete the Planner Show on 93WIBC-FM, and is a columnist for the Indy Star. Pete has appeared regularly on CNN Headline News, Fox News, Fox Business, as well as numerous nationally syndicated radio programs. In 2012, Sison named Pete the Planner the fourth most influential financial broadcaster in the entire nation. Pete lives in Carmel, Indiana with his wife and two young children. Pete the Planner, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast again. The excitement is running, coursing through my veins. Of course, I don't know what a pharmaceutical will take for that, but that's why there's pharmacists. Right. So, like, with joke. that. Okay. <laughs> I feel good about it, but it may not have landed. It's all good. It's all good. So, Pete, we are starting a brand new mini series with you today about going back to school. We're calling it Back to School RX is our hashtag officially. We had over 36,000 people view and comment a post over at LinkedIn about, hypothetically, as a pharmacist, if you could go back to grad school, what would you do? And so that kind of indicated to me that we needed to have a mini-series around this, so we wanted to bring you back first to talk about the money. Sure. Yeah, so let's get into it. uh, But before we do, really briefly, why don't you catch our listeners up to what you've been up to of late? 
Oh, Lordy. What have I been up to late? Um, you know, just constantly trying to give people an outlet to ask tough financial questions. You know, I, um, I, I think in the financial space, there is really not a system set up to get good answers uh, from qualified people who aren't trying to sell you stuff. So I'm not a financial advisor anymore. We're a financial wellness company. We serve people through their employers and through their schools. And so uh, our, our motto around here is very simple. It's make tomorrow easier, which sounds like a McDonald's. Like you, that could be like a McDonald's commercial, and I could just want to sell you a value meal. But it turns out we're wanting to help people uh, with their financial lives. That's kind of woo-woo. I like that, though. I like that. So... Let's begin with the pharmacist who's thinking about, I know it sounds crazy, after six to eight years of school, but going back to school, what are the first considerations that she may want to consider relative to money and her finances before taking that leap? It's actually a really uncomfortable thing to talk about, so I'm pleased to do it. Um, you know, I think if you're going to make an investment in your career like that, there has to be a return on that investment. I don't think you can go into grad school uh, in today's day and age in 2017 with a trillion dollar student loan bubble and have it be just self-indulgent. I want to enlighten myself. Now, people are going to disagree with what I just said. In fact, my wife disagrees with what I just said. Let's just hope I don't send her the link to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I believe like if you're going to invest in your career and people overuse the word invest, they, they just do. It's like when people buy an engagement ring, they're like, this is an investment. And I'm saying, no, it's not. You're using the word wrong. But when it comes to grad school, if you're going to see your income increase or you're going to see the potential, and, and that's where it gets really hazy, Aaron, is that people say, well, potentially, if I get this degree, it could go up. But you need proof. You need to go to the school that you're going to go to and say, what are your placement rates post-graduation with this degree? And what do the salaries look like? That, to me, is the beginning of the conversation from a financial perspective. So let's take it a step further. A lot of pharmacists come out of school with a lot of debt. But hypothetically, let's remove that debt for pharmacist Susie or Billy. They still want to go back to grad school. What strategies should they consider in terms of saving money before they go to pay for it versus paying as they go? Because you and I both know that pharmacists make pretty good salaries. Yeah. So if that debt is paid off, are there different considerations there? You know, so let, let's take we're going to take a few different case studies, if you will. Let's take uh, Susie first. All right. So Susie has a bunch of undergrad loans. She pays them off aggressively. I mean, to the tune of, I don't know, $1,500, $2,000, $2,500 a month worth of payments. Okay. What could make sense then is then take that $2,500 a month and then store it away for one additional year once the loans are paid off to build up thirty grand uh, in a kitty, if you will. I, just, I, don't, I used to like to use the word kitty as much as I, I can. I, I don't do know. too. I like that word. You're a cat person. I'm not. I am. Go cats. But uh, anyway, uh, put it in a kitty, <laughs> 30000 bucks, And I think that's the appropriate way because uh, Susie is already used to having uh, that $2,500 disappear on a monthly basis despite the fact that she earns it. And I think it makes sense to transition that money immediately, take a breath for 12 months, and then she's already defrayed the cost for education uh, quite significantly. Okay. So that's one. And then okay. we go to, who's the other one? Billy? Billy, Billy yeah. Person? So Billy's situation, 
Let's say uh, Billy is out of school and he is uh, done with his student loans and he decides that he wants to try to go to grad school and work at the same time, which is, a, I guess I would ask you, is that the way we're going? Are we going that someone is going to shut down their career temporarily or are they going to fund it as they go? You tell me. I advise against that. So I'm a big believer in going to school part time while you're working full time personally. Okay, well, I like that. Uh, so then what you would look at is um, what are you going to cut out? Like, obviously, if you're going to be going to school, uh, you're not going to have the social life you once had or some <laughs> of the, the, the habits you once had when you only had a job. So we would try to get the person to reassign those expenses towards their education. I don't like taking on student loan debt, the grad plus loans, although they're available and they're copious and you can get pretty much whatever you want. I'd rather a person bootstrap it uh, and, and make a good decision about it because that way their hand isn't forced after the fact. Uh, I think with the sort of salaries that people earn in uh, pharmacy that that you can pay for your school as you go and maybe take on less than $10,000 in student loans. But I see way too many people in all fields just say, I'm going to take all the debt on for the entire degree. I'll figure it out afterwards because, dude, I'm going to have an amazing salary when I graduate, which isn't always the case. And then the person's backed into a corner and they may be forced to accept a job they don't want to take because they need the money. And that's that's always worst case scenario for me. You mentioned ROI and investment and the abuse of that word, but you, you said something earlier that I wanted to follow back up on, and, and that's asking the graduate school program candidates, so to speak, for lack of a better term, what their placement rates are and salaries out of the gate after their program. What other hard questions should a pharmacist or anybody considering going to, back to grad school ask of their potential future alma maters? I would absolutely insist when it comes to grad school and, and maybe undergrad, but frankly, if you're a traditional student, which by the way, that's a pejorative. Now you're not supposed to say traditional student, but if you're a traditional student, you, you're not really mature enough to pull this off. But for grad students, you can, and it is, you need to call students that graduated in the last two or three years from that exact program. Really? Yes. You need to say, all right, so this thing was 60 grand. What's changed, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I hate the term life hack because I think most of the time life hacks are you just being a jerk. You know what I mean? (laughs) But this particular life hack, I think it's pretty solid. You need to interview them and say, okay, can you, can you get me in contact with your top student? This is who you're talking to the admissions office or whatever. Uh, and, and you talk to them and you ask them really frank questions. And the questions are, um, was it financially worth it? Have you seen it pay off yet? Or when do you think you'll be able to say it's financially worth it? Um, did the school deliver on its promises? And, and I think one of the more important questions you can ask is, did you talk? This is a, I'm, I'm role playing right here. I don't know if you could tell that I'm, I'm role playing. Uh, did you talk to a graduate of this program before you went to grad school here? And what did they tell you? And how has that experience differed? I, I think it, when it comes to knowledge transfer, um, that community based knowledge transfer can be super powerful from a financial perspective. And if that potential future alma mater doesn't give you those contacts, that's a signal that you need to run? Well, yeah. I mean, people in, in my company all, all day, they're like, hey, can we talk to some of your clients now? I know our, our prospects now ask for clients. And if we said, oh, well, we don't, then that prospect should run. <laughs> yeah. 
right? I mean, uh, I, I like a good transparent relationship in, in all regards. And I think too often as a student, even a grad student, which is still a student, uh, you're the customer, right? And, and, you're, and, and that feels gross. Like my wife, I can feel her getting upset. She's in education and she's great. I can feel her getting upset with the idea that the student is the customer because it's, it feels like a more special relationship than that. But to me, uh, when you're investing in something, you're an investment customer. You're the client. You need to make sure that you're willing to invest not in just the education itself, but the education at the institution that you may choose. And with that, let's move over to 529. So yep. are they worth the hassle for an individual that already has his or her undergraduate degree to go back to grad school to fund? Well, they're not much of a hassle. That's the thing. A 529 plan, of course, is, uh, if I can distill it down, it is essentially a 401k for a college education where you can put money in and it can help you fund in a tax-efficient way your education. I love them. They take five minutes to set up online depending on where what state you live in you'll probably want to use your state's plan that doesn't mean you have to go to school in your state uh, but there may be certain tax incentives state tax incentives incentives i think i'm putting an extra <laughs> you are but that's okay it's that important <laughs> you know i've written several books so i know words Aaron. that's awesome <laughs> sorry that beer lunch seems like a bad idea now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. All right, right. It's, it's the, yeah, that's all there is to it. The 529 is great. It can give you a great incentive based on taxes. And um, if, if you were considering grad school right now, like three years, like think if you want to go to grad school potentially two to three years from now, yeah. get a 529 right now. And if, God forbid, you don't go to grad school, which is great, uh, then you can just use it for uh, a child of yours if you happen to have a child or another family member without the penalty, or you could take it out, pay the taxes on the growth, and a 10% penalty. Cool. So let's go back to Susie. She's saving the money. She put it in a 529. She's working for an employer. She's woke, right, as the kids say. She's yeah. still in it to win it. She wants to go back to grad school. What strategies do you suggest for her to have that conversation with her employer potentially about supporting either financially or in terms of time, attention, that graduate school program? I think a person can really distinguish themselves from the pack by having really honest conversations with their employer. Now, I am an employer, so I am biased, <laughs> but uh, I truly value when my coworkers come to me with difficult conversations that could negatively impact me. However, we look for the positives for everyone and we try to make it work. I'm very willing to set up those scenarios. And I, I think most employers are, especially if the employee proves themselves to be a valuable um, asset to the company. So yeah, by all means, go and say, look, I'm thinking about going to grad school. Um, now, you do have to be really honest with yourself. Like if you're going to grad school so you can leave and get a different job or uh, go do something outside of the you know, purview of what you're currently doing, it's not the coolest thing in the world to do it on someone else's dime. That's where it gets into the life hack thing again, Aaron. People are like, oh, life hack. Have your employer pay for it. Then leave them. No, you're being a jerk. It goes back to my earlier point. That's not a life hack. That's you being a jerk. So I, I would be really honest with them and, and try to see if that advanced degree – can help you help them 
uh, in your current relationship with them. Yeah, and I think a lot of employers have that covenant where, yeah, we'll help you out with this, but you'll have to stay for a minimum period of X after graduation. So, And by the way, I've seen that backfire, and I, that's great advice. What you just said is great, and people should do it. But I've seen it backfire, and, and that's where it just takes you – you almost have to talk through it with your best friend or whoever your confidants are. Um, y- you need to talk through and say, realistically, am I the sort of person that if I'm going to commit three years of my life, three years from now, which then takes it six years out, can I, can I deliver on that? And if your best friend's like, girl, no, <laughs> <laughs> then, then you got to consider that you're just being a jerk, right? Yeah, yeah. You like that? The girl, no? Girl, no. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. That's for Susie, right? Not Billy. Right. Who yeah. Knows? I'm not here to judge. Uh, that's, that's true. All right. So private schools versus public. Private schools for grad school could be very, very pricey. Any considerations there? Yeah, I would do the grad plus loans nine times out of 10 over the private loans um, because they're just less expensive. And uh, that's why the federal program for them exists it's an unsubsidized loan um, when you go to obviously the private lending situation and it's an uncollateralized loan. What are you, you going to do? Turn in your undergrad degree uh, so that you can as a down payment for your, your post. <laughs> They're not refundable. <laughs> yeah, no, I just don't. I think so many, this is big statement alert. Do you have like a sound for big statements or anything? No, maybe we can get our producer Todd to put something in here. Todd, <laughs> uh, put in like a <laughs> Um, so here's the I think, you know, there's like 1.4 trillion, I think is the latest number on student loan debt. I would say at least 30% of that could have been avoided completely by people being honest with themselves uh, about what that education would do from them from a financial, for a financial standpoint. You know, we see all the studies that if people have a college degree, have higher college earnings or career earnings. And, and that is all true if you major in something that matters, right? In pharmacy, that's never in doubt, right? I mean, you're going to make a great living uh, with a pharmacy degree and you're going to make a, a, a great living if you get an advanced degree beyond that. Um, but some people, I would go I would go on 30%, taking stuff that you just can't earn a living on. And so you can even pay back the degree. I don't know where I got here, but that's my bold statement. And I'm really glad that Todd put the zinger on it. <laughs> Let's kind of take that a step further, too, and thinking back to a archetype of a pharmacist who maybe isn't satisfied with pharmacy as a professional career, maybe wants to go to medical school and do something radically different versus a pharmacist that wants to go to graduate school for an additive degree onto their pharmacy base, if you will. Okay. Any special uh. considerations for the, the pharmacist, let's say, hypothetically, that wants to go to med school? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so my, my best friend, uh, was a PhD in microbiology as a college professor. Um, again, I know what you're thinking already, Aaron, why is a PhD hanging out with me? Good point. <laughs> cause you know, words, cause you're a writer. It, right. I know where it's like, you know, and it's whatever. Uh, he was just unhappy. And so he went back to nursing school and put himself through nursing school and came out the other side, completely different field of study and was able to do so just by being frugal. It required him to take his lifestyle, which 
he and and his wife were both PhDs. Now two PhDs are hanging out with me. Um, they, they lived a great lifestyle. And in order to make this change, they really just had to cut it back. They moved into a less expensive place. Um, and, and I think that's what it's going to require. And if you go to something like medical school where – oh, man, this is awful, but it's true. You have no life for what, six more years? Mm-hmm. Then, then if you try to continue the life you lived as a pharmacist making 90, 100 grand or more, that's crazy. It's a terrible idea to try to maintain that lifestyle during that six-year journey into a, a new field of study. It would be a giant mistake. You, you have to – Take a few steps backward if you're going to do that. And if you don't, you're, you'll definitely regret it. So when you're coaching your clients or your prospective clients, what do you talk about in terms of books, resources, calculators, when they're thinking about going to, back to graduate school and trying to plan ahead? What do I think about like trying to figure out how much they should spend? Is that the question? Yeah. Like, are there resources out there that they could go to to plug some numbers and come up with a realistic budget and expectation when it goes comes back to going to grad school? I really think, yeah, I think the question is derivative of that. I, I think it's how long are you going to take to complete the degree? Okay. Right? How, how willing are you to that part-time, full-time spectrum like, what are we going to do here? Are we going to drag this out? Is this going to be a 10-year part-time gig? Are we going to complete this in three? Like, w- what's possible? Because that's what affects your budget. Uh, and that also affects the amount of student loans you're willing to take on. But you should look at it, and, and I'm pulling out some arbitrary numbers here, but you should look at it three to five different scenarios of, this is what it looks like if I, I quit my job and go full-time student, and then on the other end of the spectrum is, of course, uh, keep my job and go part-time student, and then all the derivations in between, which then those would include, Aaron, those would include student loans to help facilitate the process to move it along a little faster. Anything else that I didn't ask you around considerations for grad school that I should have? Uh, no, you didn't uh, miss any questions, but there's one we should add, which makes it seem like we missed it, doesn't it? Kind of. Then, here it is. If you're going to do this... No takesies, backsies. You cannot drop out if you're going to take on <laughs> student loan debt um, and under any circumstance. But a postgraduate degree where you potentially have affected your career by going onto this new venture and then to drop out is a disaster. A disaster. Um, I ever tell you the story? I had an acquaintance who had like a $65,000 degree from NYU in like sexual therapy. Did I ever tell you this? No. Mm-mm. Probably never remembered that. Um, she dropped out, right? And by the way, I don't even know what sexual therapy is. I'm going to have to Google that later, but not at work. Um, <laughs> so so she, she dropped out. And, and, and so then she's holding this uber expensive, slightly esoteric degree. And, and she had quit her other career, to pursue it and it was a disaster so much so that it, it occupied and came into play for at least 20 years of her adult life after she dropped out of school and and that is the tip of the iceberg and it is by the way uber common for people to drop out of grad school and have it negatively impact them for decades so no takesies backsies you're, I believe, in it. you're either in or out right I've written several books. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right, with that, Pete the Planner, where can people find you and your several books online? Probably a used bookstore. Have you ever seen one, have you ever seen one of your books? I mean, you've yes, I buy them back. <laughs> it's really depressing. I don't know why. And my wife's like, no, that's great. Because then people, have, you know, they appreciate it. They sold them. I'm like, no, no, no. If they liked it, they would have kept it. I don't know. I, I view it as karma. Like it comes full circle. You buy it back and then you give it out again or you sell it. I guess. Um, I, you can buy my books. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Barnes and Nobles has six of them and Amazon has 10 of them. And my website, PeteThePlanner.com has got 10 of them. But I think the good place to start for anybody is our series, Your Money Life. So it's based on how old you are. Your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. You jump in. It's basically, uh, what do you need to know during your 30s? Here you go. There it is. And then uh, that's all you focus on. With that, Pete the Planner, as always, a phenomenal pleasure chatting with you. The pleasure was on this side of the microphone. So are you ready for our speed round? I'm so ready. So here we go. What other podcasts are you listening to right now? I'm listening to uh, Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell Mm -hmm. and Pod Save America um, with John Favreau and Tommy Vitor and John Lovett. What books are you reading? Oh, this is embarrassing. Um, I'm reading Thanks, Obama. Um, it's a, a memoir of a former Obama speechwriter, and it's really funny. And I'm reading the new Dan Brown book. <clears throat> What's coming up for Pizza Planner in 2018? You know, we're really focusing on finding more ways to get answers in the hands of people who don't want to pay money for answers. Like, I, no, I'm not inventing Google. But we're trying to find a way to help people without making them feel like they're being sold something. And that's unique in the financial world. And last but not least, what's your best advice when it comes to money and education? Don't call it an investment if you're a liar. (laughs) Like, don't don't just assume college is for you or further your education makes sense when you can't justify it financially and that that's not a cheapskate way to go it's just very realistic i think people get too caught this is the speed round so i should probably tighten the answer uh people (laughs) people get a little uh, a little too ahead of themselves with the value of education when there's really no economic value uh, unless you make sure there is how about no takesies backsies that's what i meant to say (laughs) with that peter dunn thank you for being part of the pharmacy podcast thanks doc Thank you for listening to part one of our Back to School Rx mini-series. I would encourage you to go out on social media, and if you have questions, if there's somebody specific you'd like to hear from for this particular mini-series on going back to graduate school, tweet me and use the hashtag, our official hashtag for this mini-series, hashtag Back to School Rx. I'll look forward to your tweets and posts. Until then, I am Erin Albert. You can find me over at my website, erinalbert.com, or on Twitter at Aaron L. Albert. I look forward to rolling out this mini-series with you, and have a great day.